0: Hey, this is Tanner Sherlock. I'm the pastor at Shannon State Kai Alpha, and this is our podcast where our mission is to make disciples who then make disciples. Be sure and subscribe so you can get our content every time we post, and I pray that this message blesses you today. God bless. Hey, guys. Just wanted to get on and let you guys know there's a little bit of technical difficulty. There's a little bit of popping sensation that goes on. Um, I think the connection to my microphone is getting bad. And so I went ahead and ordered a new mic, so it should be in by the next podcast. So I just want to thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Love you guys and God bless. All right, perfect. Let's pray and let's get going tonight. Lord, uh, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to get to know you more. Um, Lord, we give this sermon over to you. We give this night over to you and we give these guys over to you. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you would bless the service and Holy Spirit, that your presence would be here and we could feel your presence. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to open our hearts for what you have in store for us and help us to, to get out of this, what you would have us get out of this. Um, don't let this be my words, but Lord yours only. And so we give this over to you and it is in your name we pray. Amen. So like, all right. How many of you guys have had that friend that like, um, you invest a lot into the relationship. Like, it seems like you guys are like super close and you guys are like really good friends. But then something happens and you realize that like, they don't really care about you a whole lot. And it seems like you kind of look back on the friendship and you invested a lot into that relationship and they really didn't invest much back into it. Um, I had this kind of friend that was kind of like that in elementary school and, um, it was it, man, years worth of a relationship. It seemed like we were best friends, and man, I invested in the relationship, a ton. We would hang out all the time, and uh, there all of a sudden came this point where it was like and we were hanging out like every other weekend. It seemed like um, doing sleepovers, all kinds of stuff, and then one day um, we were driving around and. We were driving by his house, and uh, I called my mom or told my mom, I was like, Hey, stop. I want to go over and see if uh, this friend can come over and hang out tonight. And I kind of walked up, and there was i would just say something going on that as a good friend, I should have been invited to. And so it made it super duper awkward because it was like, I don't know, like I was like four, like nine years old. Like this is one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to deal with those emotions at that point in time. And so for me, it was just that first moment where it was like, holy cow, somebody that you invest into a relationship isn't going to invest. I was nine years old. Now looking back, was it that serious of a deal? Probably not. But for me, that was that first moment of like, man, the world isn't what I thought it was. You know, the people aren't who I think they are. And so it caused me to kind of go down into basically like a a season of depression. And so I kind of decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop initiating the friendship. And I kind of realized like looking back on it, that I was the one always initiating the hangouts. I was the one always um, calling him to hang out and do all that stuff. And I was the one getting our Uh, my mom to get him to come over and me to go spend the night at his house and all that stuff and so um, so I just kind of decided I would stop initiating and shortly after that uh, my family moved and the friendship really just disappeared and honestly I don't even to today I don't really know what he's doing or anything like that that was kind of that first moment like I said that first moment where the world isn't quite um, what it looks like. How many of you guys have had a relationship that is similar to that? Where it was just like, it was almost maybe for you guys, it was that wake up call of like, man, sometimes people don't care about you the same way you care about them. Then there's a different kind of relationship where, you know, on the other side of it, how many of you guys have been on the other side where there's somebody who's really eager to be your friend. And you're kind of like, eh, I don't really want to be this dude's friend. Maybe there's something about him that's, just off-putting and you maybe you can't even put your finger on it but there's just something and they're super eager and they want to be your friend and they call you to hang out all the time but just to be a good person you just are like yeah well, I'll hang out with them and then maybe it gets to a point where you would call them a friend but they would then call you a best friend I mean you guys have been in that on the opposite side where it's just like you were the bad guy in the situation and you didn't even mean to be and so looking at that relationship now as an adult I can see that like he wasn't trying to be a bad guy. He just was being nice. He was a good kid. He was a nice kid. And maybe there was just something about me, which um, I talk a lot. That's probably most likely what it was. But um, there was something about me that just he didn't see me as the kind of friend that I saw him. And so we've been on both sides of that situation. But then there's the third kind of friendship where, you know, uh, maybe not be perfectly mutual, but. You get along really well. Both of you guys invest in the relationship and you guys just get really close and you're best friends. That kind of relationship, when everything's really clicking and everybody's you know on the same page, that kind of relationship can get so deep and so fruitful and be so important to us. And so we've had those kinds of relationships. Sometimes we grow really close to them. Sometimes we don't. But there's that mutual friendship. They're, they're friends with you at the same level as your friends with them. And you're both okay with it. It's really healthy. It's really, honestly, uh, kind of beautiful when you think about it. And so when you think about those kinds of relationships, and that's kind of really the, the three ways relationships kind of go, in my opinion. There's, <clears throat> and there can be different variances, but really they kind of fall into those three things. So I want you to take a second and, and really think about it. What is your relationship out of those three relationship situations? What does your relationship with Jesus actually look like? Is Jesus putting in all the effort and you're kind of keeping him at a distance? Is there a mutual relationship or at times does it feel like you're putting in the investment, but it seems like God is a little bit distant. Now, oftentimes when we're in or when we are in a healthy relationship with Jesus, it feels like the mutual friendship. When our relationship with Jesus is actually healthy, it feels mutual because everything in it just kind of clicks. We feel close to God. And even though there's hardship that can happen, you know, with a good friend, even though if your guys are best friends and you're both investing into it, you can get into it like as guys into like basically a fist fight and come out of it and still be good friends just because the relationship is on that level. And so that's not to say that there's not hardship that can come along when you're having a good relationship with Jesus. There's times where there's, you know, you can be mad and you might not understand what's going on, but at the end of the day, there's still that healthy relationship with Jesus. And so um, I want you to think about your relationship with Jesus as we kind of go through this sermon and go through some of this scripture and really answer the hard question. And and, um, part of the reason I want to do this as a sermon is because I don't want you to feel like you need to share that information. I want you to be able to hold that in and kind of just think, what is my relationship with Jesus look like? And so today we're going to be in John 14. So if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn to it on your phone or your Bible Uh, I did not take the time to put it on a slideshow. So I apologize. Normally I would. John John 14, starting in verse 14. All right. John 14, verse 14. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will, I guess, uh, verse 15, not 14, sorry. And I will ask the Father, and he will give another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Word cannot accept him, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me, because I live, uh, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am my father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And so really, um, a lot of times God feels distant to us. And so if if we're thinking about our relationship with Jesus, and here's the thing about our relationship with God. At any point in time, your relationship with Jesus can mimic any of those three relationships. If you've gone through a season where you were close with God, That doesn't mean that the rest of your life you're just going to feel close to God. But there can come times where you feel distant and also times where you feel like God is distant. And so um, more often than not, in those times, and and I would actually kind of almost challenge to say that all of the time, when, uh, um, when God feels distant, it is because we've distanced ourselves from him and not the other way around. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't feel distant. When God is distant from us, it's not because he is distant. It's because we've gone distant. We've gone cold. But the reason he feels distant is because a lot of times it feels like we're doing everything right. You're good. Sorry, my son's being adorable. Um, But uh, it feels like you're doing everything right. So it feels like you're spending time with God. You're praying. Whatever it is, it feels like you're doing everything right. But it still feels like God is distant. And part of the reason why it feels like that, so it feels like you're the one putting in all the effort, but God really isn't doing anything. But the problem is when we are faced with this scripture, it's pretty direct on us when it says that anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. And so a lot of times God will begin to feel distant, not because we're not putting in the work or the effort, but because simply we're not following his commands. Now, what do those commands look like? That can be a wide range of anything. What did God tell you to do last? Did you go do it? You know, sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes you can just think about the last thing that God told you to do. If you didn't do it, go do it. Um, Sometimes it can be more complicated. And so uh, tonight I kind of really want to dive into that. What does that look like? What's up, bud? Because when it really comes into our relationship with Jesus... Jesus is the one who put in all the effort. He's the one who died for us on the cross. He's the one who came down from heaven. Jesus put in all the effort. There's no amount of of uh, there. There's no possible way that you can outdo Jesus in a relationship with Jesus. He's already done it all. He's already put in all the effort. And so on our end of things, if God feels distant, there's there's nothing more that He needs to do. There's nothing more that He can do. Well, I mean, there is more that He can do, but there's nothing more that He needs to do or that nothing more that He should do in order for us to feel close to Him. And so we have to kind of break that down and so that's kind of the whole point of tonight it's just kind of going over those relationships so like i said just kind of keep those in, in check in your head and apologies if bennett distracts you let him distract you it's all right we embrace distractions in here um but i floated this quote around a few times this last semester this last school year and uh i keep coming back to it it's been a quote that's really struck with me um just kind of struck a nerve with me when i was younger And kind of walking up in my faith and kind of learning uh, about Jesus in college. And every time I feel myself kind of trying to get out of things that I know I should be doing in my relationship with Jesus, this quote just smacks me upside the head. And I'll read it a couple times so you can hear it. It goes, You'll always make excuses to get out of the things you don't want to do, but you will justify with reasons to do the things you want to do. So I'll read it one more time. You always make excuses to get out of the things you don't want to do, but you will justify with reasons to do the things you want to do. So for example, you want to go to Disney world, but you're broke, but you really want to go to Disney world. So you'll justify reasons for why you should go. Well, I could save up over the next couple months and March is kind of in the off season. So it'll be a little bit cheaper. I've always really wanted to go. I need a break. I need an emotional break from school. Uh, Maybe I could get a friend to go with me to make it a little bit cheaper. Uh, And that'll be a great bonding experience with that friend because I'll get to spend a lot of time with them. And shoot, maybe if I'm I'm thinking discipleship making process, that's a lot of time I get to spend one-on-one with somebody so I can share the gospel with them while we're on this trip. And even though it's something you know you shouldn't do, maybe I can skip a car payment to go. But we begin to justify with reasons to do the things we want to do. We can begin to come up with with excuses to do the things we we uh, really want to do. But then on the other side of things, when we want to get out of stuff. well, I can't read my Bible because I'm too busy. I'm tired. I have too much homework piled up. It's all right. I already missed last week. I don't need to go to church this morning. I'm just I'm I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I don't need to do these things. And so we will come up with excuses to get out of the things we don't want to do. Does that make sense? The two variables between that quote. And I found it to be so true. And so oftentimes when we go back to this scripture and we say, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. A lot of times we find ourselves coming up with excuses to get out of keeping those commands. And so, those commands can be anything, and it can be any wide range of what God is commanding us to do. But we will come up with excuses to get out of them and justify our relationship with Him in different ways. Jesus calls us to make disciples. Yeah, but I read my Bible today. It's all right. Hey, you should go share the gospel with that person. Yeah, I spent like 30 minutes with God today. My relationship's okay. And so, we come up with these excuses to get out of things that God has commanded us to do, like sharing our faith. Um, loving others, blessing others, giving financially, giving our time, giving and and going and doing those things, going to church, coming to Chi Alpha, you know, um, we'll just throw on a Christian shirt and, uh, and claim that that's our way of sharing the gospel with those around us. When in reality, Jesus is calling to have a relationship with people and share the gospel with them in a relational way. That's not to say don't wear Christian shirts because I do too, but we can't use that as an excuse to get out of doing what God has actually commanded us to do, which is make disciples. He hasn't called us to wear Christian t-shirts. He hasn't called us to throw up scripture on our, you know, uh, on a tattoo or something. Those are fine things to do and they're great conversational starters. And I encourage you to do them, but well, not necessarily get a tattoo, but you know what I mean? Um, and I encourage you to, to do those things for the conversational aspect of it. But in reality, the command is to make disciples, not to, Share your faith on a t-shirt. And so we come up with excuses. We justify getting out of doing the things that we don't want to do. I don't want to share the gospel with this guy because uh, he doesn't like Jesus and he'll just get mad at me. Well, our relationship's really close. I know he doesn't like my faith and so I'm not really going to talk about Jesus when I'm around him. we We can share the gospel and not be obnoxious with it. Like it's capable. We're capable of talking about Jesus and not being obnoxious about it. And so if the way that you come off in your faith is by being obnoxious about it, you're probably using that to justify a way to get out of doing something God has commanded you to do. Because it's almost like you take the extreme of this, and I'm going to do this obnoxiously so that I don't have to do this. I'm going to make sure every piece of clothing I own has a scripture quote on it so that I don't have to share the gospel. I'm going to get tattoos and I'm going to display them proudly so that I don't have to actually engage in sharing the gospel and being a good witness for Christ. And so, again, it goes back to that quote. You'll come up with excuses to get out of things you don't want to do. And in fact, you'll begin to even become obnoxious in some of those excuses to get out of the things you don't want to do. And so um, here's where it kind of comes together and kind of piecing the the quote together with the scripture is um, if in your relationship with Jesus, you never want to make the time to be with him because you're always too busy and you have zero interest, like what does that say about your relationship with Jesus? Do you take it seriously? Do you have that mutual relationship or is your relationship more of a a consumerism? And so that's where really all of this kind of breaks down to is a relationship that is not based on consumerism, but is based on mutuality. And so in our relationship with Jesus, he calls us to have a mutual relationship. There's things that he commands us to do. There's things that he asks us to do. And so he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. That means there's a responsibility to act. Now, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden, if you don't keep his commands, you're kicked out of heaven. You don't get to have Jesus as a savior. No. But if you love Jesus, you will keep his commands. And so uh, part of making Jesus your Lord and Savior is actively loving him. And so um, the the great debate within scripture is between um, whether or not you can be justified by your actions of your faith Or whether your faith is justified by your actions. And I don't think there needs to be that debate. I think really they are all inclusive. Because when we look in Romans and then we look in James, it almost seems like they can contradict each other. But really they don't contradict each other because James is telling us that, you know, James basically is saying that along the same lines of what Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you love Jesus, you will do what he says. Your faith will be justified by acts basically. And then Romans basically saying that we cannot be justified by acts, and that your faith is separate from your acts, from your works. But I think it's more along the lines of if you love Jesus, your fruit will show. And so what James is really saying, he's not saying that all of a sudden, OK, I can produce false fruit and I can share the gospel obnoxiously. And that will justify my relationship with Jesus. No, what he's saying is that in your relationship with Jesus, as you love him, you will do the things that Jesus commands us to do. You will inherently begin to do those things. And so through our faith, we do the acts. Okay, so now I'm on the third step of this whole thing, and it's kind of confusing. But really what it comes down to is in our relationship with Jesus, and we go back to the the three relationships so we've got the first relationship which is you care more about them than they care about you the second relationship is the exact opposite and the third relationship is mutual in that mutual relationship when you have a best friend and, and I know you know you guys are married yet but for me it makes sense with when I think about my wife and then subsequently when I think about my son with my relationship with my son I brag about my son all the time I love my son. I can't help but talk about my son. I take pictures of my son. I send my son uh, pictures of my son to everybody. I send videos, Snapchats to Jordan enough that he's probably tired of how often I send him Snapchats of my son. I, I, I can't help but talk about him because I love him so much. And in our relationship with Jesus, we should get to a point where we have that kind of relationship with Jesus. It's hard for us to not share about him. It's hard for us to hold it back because we're so excited. And so if we don't have that relationship, we have to stop and ask why. Why don't I have that relationship with Jesus? Why am I not just, why is it not flooding out of me? And for me and and everybody, you kind of have to find your own why. But really for me, what it came down to was, When I experienced the presence of Jesus, when I experienced God, when I realized what he did for me, when I realized, when I came to the realization of the truth that Jesus is real, he really did die for me on the cross. And so in repentance of that, in response to that, I can't help but show him how thankful I am. And so part of that comes with looking at what my life would be like without Jesus versus my life with Jesus. What am I facing without Jesus? What is going on in my life without Jesus? Now, some of you guys know my testimony, but I literally was in jail before I found Jesus. I guarantee my life wouldn't have played out the way it did, and I almost can guarantee that I would be dead if it wasn't for Jesus and what he did in my life and for the things that he changed in my life. And so for me, it's easy. But each and every single one of us have those things in our lives that that Jesus can help us with, those things in our life that Jesus can assist us with. And so if you're not at that point where Jesus is... Uh, where it's easy to exude out that relationship with Jesus, what I want you to do is I want you to pray and make the prayer, this your prayer, that Jesus would show himself to you. Because I think once Jesus truly shows himself to us, it's hard for us to not just leak that love for him. It becomes a part of everything we do. And then, like I said, we begin to wear t-shirts that talk about Jesus, but we're not doing it to get out of doing a command. We're doing it because we love Jesus. We, if we get tattoos, we get tattoos because we love Jesus, not because we're trying to cop out of getting, of doing something else that Jesus wants us to do. And when we share the gospel, we're doing it out of a love for Jesus, not out of an obligation. And so, really, the whole point of this entire sermon, if I could wrap it all up in into one sentence, it would really be based off of. Um, That when we serve Christ and when we love Christ, we have that close relationship with Him. All we have to do is just get out of the way and allow our love for Him to come out of us. And if that's difficult, then go back to the basics. What are the basics of your faith? Faith, What are the first things that you need to do when you first found out about Jesus? What are the things that you needed to do in order to get closer to Him? And get back to those points. And I can tell you, if it's if it's not easy to love Jesus, spend more time with him, because the more time I spend with Jesus, the easier it is to love Jesus. The more time that I spend with God, the the easier and the more that it just exudes out of me. And I can even go into say in our relationships, on our earthly relationships, I've got some best friends that I don't get to see very often. And so that distance almost gets to a point where it's out of sight, out of mind. I don't even remember that they really exist. I've got a, you know, Andy Estrella, Those of you guys are at Winter Conference. You probably met Andy. Andy Estrella is one of my best friends. I only get to see him a few times a year. And a lot of times I'll go months without even talking about him or thinking about him. But I go to Winter Conference and boom, I'm hanging out with him every chance I get. We pick up right where we left off. We're good friends. But the distance causes me to no longer think about him. It causes me to really not be in a close relationship with him. That distance um, really makes our relationship go cold in between times when we see him. And a lot of times we basically build our relationship with Jesus off in that same way that we basically hold Jesus into our prayer closet, even if. We're spending time with him regularly. We kind of put Jesus in our prayer closet where we just spend time with him in our prayer closet. And then we go all day without thinking about him, without talking to him, without being in a relationship with him. And then we come back and all of a sudden we're in a prayer closet and we picked up right where we left off. But our relationship is cold and stagnant when we're not in that place. And so the idea is that we let our relationship with Jesus explode out into the rest of our lives. I hope this wasn't too confusing, because even as I was writing it, I felt like it was three disjoined thoughts that just kind of blended together into a a, a relationship of of self-assessment. So kind of the whole point of tonight is, and I want to take about five minutes, five, ten minutes, and so outside of everything I said, the one thing that I wanted you guys to do and leave here with is a self-assessment. Where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? Which form, which friendship do you have with Jesus? Is your friendship the kind of relationship where you feel like God is distant? Is your relationship with Jesus the kind where you're taking all of the benefits and you're really not, you're not, you're almost kind of ashamed of your relationship with Jesus? Or do you have a very healthy mutual relationship with Him? And so what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, I'm gonna put some worship music on. We're going to spend five minutes. And I just want you to just contemplate, just think about it. Where is your relationship with Jesus at? And if it's anything other than a mutual, what I want you to do is figure out why. Ask why. Ask God why. What's going on? What's preventing us from having that great mutual relationship? And if you have a great like if you do feel like your relationship with him is mutual and it's going good and everything's great, awesome. Instead of taking the rest of the time, continuing to pray for yourself, pray for the other guys in the room. Um, that's the way that we build and we grow is through praying for each other. And so that doesn't mean you got to get up and go lay hands on them, but just just pray about the other guys in here. You never know where they're at in their relationship with Jesus. So we're just going to take like five, ten minutes, and then I'll get up and I'll close them. Lord, um, we thank you for this opportunity of assessment. I thank you for each one of these, these guys that, though they could have been out doing anything else, they came here to grow in their relationship with you. And in that, just in being here, there's a movement, there's an act, there's a a desire to grow closer to you. And so Lord, I pray over the next five minutes that as these guys consider where their relationship was at, I pray that you would help them to, to truthfully assess that Lord, that they would pray and that they would listen to your voice in this conversation. No matter what it is, just pray that they would listen to your voice and not their own. That they would listen to your voice in their lives and that they would be quiet enough and still enough to hear your voice. As I finish tonight, if you need to spend some more time in prayer, I want to encourage you to take that time when you get back to your room, to your house, spend some more time in prayer. Um, but in just kind of finishing, you know, Jesus, when he's being tested by the the Pharisees, uh, they're kind of trying to come up with ways to cause him to stumble because they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe that he was actually the sent one. And so they're coming up with different ways to try to get him to stumble so that they can use that as proof of he's not the Messiah. One of the Jews who's super duper, uh, he's like an expert in the law. He's an expert in the, the laws of the Jews. The laws of the Jews basically are the foundation of Judaism. They're everything that their entire religion is based off of. And so this guy is an expert in the law, and he asks Jesus, what is the most important commandment? Now, the commandments are the foundation of the law, even. The commandments are what the entire Jewish faith is built off of. Because Moses came down with the commandments, and from there, Everything begins to to flourish into the religion that is the Judaism that existed at the time when Jesus was there, and we have different sects of Judaism. We have got the the uh, the Pharisees, and then we have the Sadducees, and and one party believed that the that reincarnation or not reincarnation that uh, that the dead could be raised. The other party believed that they couldn't be. There was political. There was. Um, is social. There was all these differences even within the Jewish sect. And honestly, today, we see that a lot within our different denominations. We see this denomination believes this, this denomination believes this, this denomination. Even though the base text is still the same, there are still those disagreements. And so this professional, this expert in the law, um, thinks he can stump Jesus. What is the most important Is it to have no other gods before me? Is it not to covet? And Jesus says to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That all of the law and that all of the prophets can be summed up by that. And the crazy thing is, the, tax prof- or the, the law professional had nothing to say back to him. Because when you really, truly think about it, everything within the, the Old Testament, everything within the New Testament, everything can be summed up by love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, soul, heart, soul and mind. Uh, words heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And one of the best ways that you guys, in 2024, shattering Nebraska, one of the best ways that you can love your neighbor is to stop trying to impress them and authentically love them. Yeah, but I don't give a crap if you think I'm cool. But I care that you know I love you, Jacob. Like, I I don't care if you think I'm the best at Catan, which I am. I care that you know that I love you. And I know we don't know each other that well. You literally have only met a couple times. I don't care if you know that I used to, to study bodybuilding, and I know all of the information. I love talking about it, but what matters is that you know that I love you. And B-Mom, man, you know I love you. That is how we make a difference in the, the lives of those around us. And so one of the reasons I fight so hard for you guys to come to Chi Alpha and to come to small group isn't because I want to check you guys off on a list and be like, oh, we had four guys here today is because in this environment it just naturally helps us love each other easier in the small group environment when we have deep discussions and we get a little past our comfort zones it helps us to love each other just a little bit more and so I want to encourage you guys that as you leave here in order to love the Lord your God in order to fulfill the commands, in order to do the things that Jesus said, everything else can fall under. Stop trying to impress the people around you and find ways to show them that you love them. Because ultimately, those relationships will be so much better and so much deeper if they're built off of genuine love for each other than if they're built off of cool factors. Because going back to those friendships that we talked about, a lot of the times we count someone out is because there's something about them that isn't impressive to us. A lot of the times that we're counted out is because there's something that's not impressive about us. Impressive about them. But a true mutual relationship is when you get past those petty things and you just care about each other. <laughs> Matt, sorry. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. The very first thing I thought of was when you showed up to Chi Alpha and you had shaved a handprint on your chest. And you were showing everybody, because it was, it was kind of impressive. But... But man, Matt, I don't care how impressive of a handprint you can shave on your chest. <laughs> that was before you started helping us out, huh? Man, it looks like you're gonna have to shave it in again. One of the things that Jesus commands us to do is to love those around us. One of the things He tells us to do is to be in community with each other. And so these guys, look around. you got four guys here. Just because you showed up now, you are in community with each other. So I expect you guys, if you see each other outside of this room, you better show each other love. Because Christ is commanding. Stop trying to impress people. Sometimes love is just saying hi. Sometimes it's more than that. So love those guys who are in this room. Let's pray and we'll close. Lord, we give tonight over to you and we give our hearts over to you. That as we got real with our relationship with you, we got serious. Are we consumers? Are we overcompensating in areas in order to get out of doing the things you've commanded us to do? Is our relationship with you on fire? Are we loving you with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul? And are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? Or we know that in order to truly love our neighbors, I have to, I have to talk about Jesus with them. At some point, I got to share my faith in some way. Now, for some people, it might look different. And so, Lord, out of that love and our relationship with you and our love and our relationship with them, I pray that you would give us the courage to love you deeper and to love them deeper and the words at the appropriate times to love you deeper and to love them deeper. Lord, we give tonight over to you and I give every single one of these guys over to you. I pray that you would keep them safe, that you would prosper them throughout this week, Lord, that you would give them abundant time to study, to work out, to go to practice, to do the things that they need to get done so that they have abundant time to enjoy with you and abundant time to enjoy with each other pray that they can build each other up, lift each other up, and more love each other. Is your name? Thank